Welcome to the India Forum Conversation. Uh, with me today is Dr. Happy Moon Jacob, Associate Professor of Diplomacy and Disarmament at Jawaharlal Nehru University in New Delhi. He's an expert on India-Pakistan relations and has traveled extensively on both sides of the line of control in Kashmir, out of which has emerged his most recent book, Line on Fire, Ceasefire Violations and India-Pakistan Escalation Dynamics, published in 2019 by Oxford University Press. Welcome to the India Forum Conversations, Dr. Jacob. Thank you so much. Thank you for inviting me. You had written an essay for us in 2019, that was after the Balakot strike, but uh, before the re-election of uh, Prime Minister Redra Modi and uh, obviously before abrogation of Article 370. Back in that article, you had suggested that post-Balakot, India-Pakistan ties were going nowhere. And this was owing to the BJP government's all-or-nothing approach to Pakistan and also due to the lack of a coherent policy. One year down the line, uh, with everything that's happened in India, Pakistan, and in the region and in Kashmir. Uh, could you assess what has changed and what remains the same in India's approach towards Pakistan? Sure, Cherry, thank you for asking that question. I think um, uh, what is clear um, from um, uh, the Narendra Modi government's uh, policy towards Pakistan today um, is that there is no lack of coherence at this point of time. So there was a time when um, I had argued and several people um, uh, did as well that the government of India's Pakistan policy has no coherence, there's no clarity, there is no uh, linearity. So it's, it's, it's half a sad as it were. But today, if you look at um, uh, Modi 2 um, um, uh, policy towards Pakistan, um, there is clarity, uh, there is coherence, and there is, there is linearity. Now, uh, the question is, um, uh, is that clarity, is that coherence any good for India-Pakistan relations? No. Um, so while there is clarity today, while there was no clarity earlier on, um, today one is not faulting, certainly I am not, uh, um, the Narendra Modi government of not having clarity or um, uh, coherence. But what I would say is that the um, all or nothing, my way or the highway, approach to India-Pakistan relations somehow um, has uh, led India to take certain unilateral steps vis-a-vis Pakistan, vis-a-vis uh, -vis Kashmir, uh, that have somehow landed uh, the uh, India-Pakistan relations uh, in a big mess today. I would say that um, um, India-Pakistan relations is, uh, ex is experiencing one of, one of its uh, um, lowest uh, uh, periods in the in their history. I mean, not that uh, they have not fought, fought wars before. They have certainly in 47, 48, 65, 71, um, and of course in Kargil in 1999. Um, but unlike earlier times, the problem now is that there have been some fundamental changes, um, at least in the recent past, right? I mean, um, 71, of course, that was a major uh, tectonic shift because East Pakistan got severed from uh, Pakistan as it were. Mm -hmm. And it took so many years from 79, if you look at the India-Pakistan relations, 71, if you look at the India-Pakistan relations, up until, um, um, say, I would say, um, early 2000, early mid-2000s, 2000, the relationship was pretty bad. Um, so it took so much time for India and Pakistan to get back together to establish a rapprochement, etc. Uh, now with the, the major constitutional changes that India has done in uh, Kashmir in August last year, um, 2019, um, you are looking at a situation where there is no rapprochement between the two sides. There is no conversation going on between the two sides. Mm -hmm. There is little 
contact if any uh, between the between the between the two sides um, so um, there is a big difference uh, to answer your question therefore um, the approach that the modi government adopted in its term 1 and term 2 in term 1 for example uh, to begin within in in may 2014 mm-hmm. uh, when modi was sworn in as the prime minister invited nawaz sharif and others uh to his wedding in ceremony in delhi and in 2015 december he went to pakistan mm-hmm. in an impromptu visit to meet his counterpart nawaz sharif and in 2016 even after the uh pathan court attack um india not only um um, um you know did not only did not respond to it kinetically towards pakistan but also mm-hmm. invited a team of investigators right. from pakistan including an isi officer to come to pathan court and investigate etc so that so there was a certain goodwill and uh, um, certain amount of desire to set things right between the two sides in his first term, but that got changed completely towards the end of his second term and certainly uh, non existent in his second term thank you so you're saying that from the first bjp government which had no coherent policy the second bjp government does seem to have coherent policy where that will get us is a different question could you absolutely tell us a bit about what seem to be the elements of this coherent policy of the bjp too and where is what are the sources of this coherent policy as you put it now well, i think um um the uh, let, let's say if, if if i were to sort of um uh, pin down some of these characteristics of uh, modi two's uh, pakistan policy as it were i think one of that is the um uh, the, the domestic politics in india uh, mm-hmm. modi and his uh, government has clearly figured out uh, that there is little um, empathy in india towards pakistan there is little desire in india except perhaps in some elite corners here and there um, um in india to set the relationship with pakistan right um, unlike say in the case of china or unlike say other cases there are no constituencies in india to um, right. that that support india a better india pakistan relationship um so not only that more importantly um you have a situation where if you take an anti pakistan stance in india um it actually helps you in your domestic political posturing so not only are there people supporting there are no people supporting india a positive india pakistan relations there are also there's also a constituency that uh, helps you win elections if you take a completely anti pakistan stance so i think i think the f- number one source of this sort of a, uh, a pakistan policy as it were is in domestic politics politics itself i think right. the second source of uh, um, modi's pakistan policy modi government's pakistan policy is the ideological underpinnings of the sankh parivar as it were so it has always held a certain idea about kashmir uh, a certain idea about akhand bharat a certain idea about uh, partition it has never really made peace with the fact that uh, you know uh, india had to be divided in 1947 and a, 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 an islamic state had to be born out of that etc so i think there is there is the ideological underpinning to that and thirdly i think um, the uh, third source of this uh, pakistan policy i would say is the is the um, you know um, drum beating about about terrorism as it were right yeah, i mean yeah. it, so you have a, you, i mean i'm not denying that there is a terrorism problem in kashmir mm-hmm. there is a terrorism problem in kashmir there is um, i mean sponsored by the pakistani state and i absolutely no hesitation saying that pakistani mm-hmm. deep state has sponsored terrorism in jammu and kashmir pakistani deep state uh, has sponsored terrorism in in, in other parts right. of the indian state 
uh, Mumbai um, Parliament 0102 crisis, all of that. So um, there is there is the uh, uneasiness in India about terrorism. This government and this 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 regime has somehow capitalized on that terrorism issue to such an extent right. uh, that you simply cannot have a relationship with Pakistan. So I think. These are some of the sources of uh, Modi's Pakistan policy. And some of the characteristics are, um, I would say, um, one, um, you know, at this point of time, India is talking about there will be no dialogue with Pakistan on the Kashmir question, right? right. Um, which means it is, it's a very, my way or the highway kind of approach. If we have to have that conversation with Pakistan, that will be on the question of POK and Gilgit Baltistan. Right. Um, so that is, that is like closing all doors as it were. Um, secondly, I think um, um, the no, um, um, uh, the, 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 the second characteristics of, uh, characteristic of this approach is that uh, there, is, there, is, there is a uh, policy towards Kashmir which is non-conciliatory. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, while one may consider the Kashmir question as an internal uh, domestic political issue as far as India is concerned, uh, right. there is an undeniable external aspect to it, uh, right? I mean, you, you are talking about the, if you, if you keep talking about Pakistani interference in Kashmir, you're acknowledging that there is an external dimension to right. it. Um, so by, by, uh, by, by unilaterally, uh, we, I mean, you know, constitutionally, India has a right to change what it does vis-a-vis Kashmir, but uh, by changing, having undertaken those changes, constitutional changes in Kashmir, uh, India has basically told Pakistan that we uh, do not consider you to be a party to the Kashmir issue. Right. Remember the history of it. In, in 1948, when um, United Nations um, negotiated the Karachi Agreement between India and Pakistan, in, um, uh, in, between India and Pakistan, uh, it was a multi, it was it was a multilateral issue, right? right. It went right. with the United Nations, and the United Nations was a party to it, and you had the United Nations Monitoring Group. On India-Pakistan, Unmogi, which continues to be there. In 1972, when the Shimla Agreement was signed, India said third parties have absolutely no business um, right. as far as Kashmir is concerned. Mm-hmm. It is a bilateral issue. So from there on, India considered Kashmir to be a bilateral issue between the two sides. In 2019, when India carried out the changes, uh, constitutional changes in Kashmir, India basically is saying that this is a domestic issue. Right. So forget about this being a multilateral issue. Um, uh, this is not even a bilateral issue. This is really going to be a unilateral issue. Right. Um, and, and, and I think the third characteristic of this um, 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 uh, policy towards Pakistan is a policy um, which tries to isolate um, uh, Pakistan, uh, which tries to um, shut out Pakistan from all sorts of conversations, all sorts of engagements. Uh, mm-hmm. We do not, for, in, for instance, have a high commissioner in Pakistan at this point of time. Right. And as a result, Pakistan also withdrew its high commissioner from India. We do not have a back-channel conversation going on with Pakistan as it used to happen during 2004, 2007. Right. Uh, in fact, 2014, we had a back-channel going on with Pakistan. Um, India uh, has downplayed and soft-pedaled uh, the whole SARC issue uh, blaming it on Pakistan and there's no progress happening there. Um, and India was, India has clearly said that we, um, are, we, we, we will, we will encourage regional integration, um, um, insofar as there is no, um, uh, Pakistan there. Right. Um, so I think these are some of the, uh, so, uh, these are some of the characteristics of, uh, the, uh, um, Pakistan policy that India has, um, seemingly adopted at this point of time. Right. 
So it seems from your uh, description that uh, Pakistan is now an extension, even more than before, perhaps, of domestic politics than of any foreign policy as such. Uh, is that a correct assessment of the situation that is on the ground? Yeah, I think um, you're right about uh, Pakistan being a domestic political issue in India. Um, I think the uh, successive BJP governments um, um, from 2014 onwards um, have somehow domestic politicized uh, Pakistan uh, to such an extent that um, um, improving relationship with any relationship with Pakistan at this point of time is going to be very, very difficult. Um, you know, to um, it, it, is, it was, it was for, a, for a very long time in India's foreign policy circles, um, there was this understanding that um, there is a broad national consensus on foreign policy, um, um, uh, you know, including to some extent on the Pakistan question. Today, that foreign policy consensus in general, uh, including uh, on other issues, um, uh, does not exist. Right. Um, um, there was also an understanding that foreign policy um, is something that doesn't really get you votes in the, um, in the elections in India, in, in domestic right. elections in India. Um, that has completely changed. Today, um, uh, foreign policy successes and failures, um, uh, successes clearly are used in the Indian context to win votes, uh, be it India's, uh, Mr. Modi's closeness to the United States or uh, how Mr. Modi and the government went about, uh, you know, carrying out the attack against Pakistan after Pulwama in 2019, right. how that was successfully used in the elections, uh, parliamentary elections in May. So you have a situation where foreign policies uh, successes are clearly used for domestic political purposes, electoral purposes. Uh, now, Pakistan is a uh, Pakistan plays a big role in that um, um, sort of scenario. Um, a, a, a failure um, in its um, so-called Pakistan policy, uh, what do I say, so-called Pakistan policy. policy. Mm -hmm. If you are seen as aggressive towards Pakistan, you get votes in elections. If you successfully um, um, negotiate a deal with Pakistan for peace and stability for Kashmir, uh, stabilizing Kashmir, resolving Kashmir, etc., etc., you know, that's not going to really get you any votes. Right. Um, so yeah. from a, a purely domestic electoral political point of view, if you know that foreign policy, um, as, um, for, foreign policy successes vis-a-vis Pakistan, meaning peace, stability, um, uh, resolution of Kashmir, etc., are not going to get you votes, you're simply right. not going to invest in that. There, are, there is no point in investing in that. Whereas if you know that foreign policy successes we have in Pakistan defined as an aggressive policy beating Pakistan or carrying out a few strikes against Pakistan, mm -hmm. if that's going to get you votes, you're certainly going to invest in them. That's so right. I think the domestic politicization of Pakistan has become um, so, so, so big in the Indian um, uh, um, sort of electoral scenario that it will take, it will, it will be very difficult for any future government, uh, let alone a BJP government, um, to somehow um, uh, divorce the two, separate the two, and say right. foreign policy is foreign policy, domestic policy is domestic politics. And we are looking at the broader, uh, greater, uh, long-term national interest of India. And in that um, imagination of national interest, it is important to reach out to Pakistan, make peace in pa with Pakistan's create stability in South Asia, and, and bring a certain amount of, um, um, you know, 
uh, normalcy in Kashmir. I think that uh, sort of a vision will be uh, uh, will clearly be um, um, hampered by the current political uh, scenario in India. So it, it sounds to me that India's policy is designed failure in some senses. <laughs> Well, you know, um, um, designed to failure, uh, depending on how you look at it, designed to, f- designed to failure um, um, externally uh, towards right. Pakistan, uh, um, designed to, designed to uh, be s- successful uh, internally within India. Yeah. Uh, so there is, there, is no, there is no utility to, there is right. simply no utility to uh, uh, making peace with Pakistan for an Indian government at this point of time. But there is a lot of utility in not making that peace with Pakistan. Right. But this carries risk, right? Some scholars, including you, have suggested that uh, the abrogation of Article 370 may have been an immediate cause for the Chinese incursions in Ladakh and its greater interest in the Kashmir question, which some have said that uh, China hadn't been so actively involved in the Kashmir question earlier as it is today. Uh, Could you therefore comment on this insertion of China into the larger Kashmir question and therefore into the India-Pakistan relationship question and what does that portend for both for India-Pakistan relationship as well as for the larger peace and security uh, scenario in subcontinent? You know, it is, uh, that's that's an excellent question. Thank you. Um, You know, there's a difference between a national interest and the interest of the political party uh, in power, uh, the regime in power. And I'm I'm of the opinion that sometimes governments uh, do not necessarily, regimes in power do not necessarily uh, follow the uh, strictures, diktats of uh, national interest, um, or they do not behave uh, in the best interest of the country in a, a broad strategic long-term point of view. Um, they are more concerned about uh, the regime interest or their uh, their own uh, the government's own interest. As it were, I think this is this is a t- typical case in that sense, um, right? I because I, I I mean of course I understand mm-hmm. conceptually and theoretically speaking, um, national interest is devoid of any any specific meaning. It's, it's right. an empty signifier. I mean you can you can sort of uh, fill it with whatever. Whatever you, whatever you please, depending upon who you are, where you, where you, where you are seated, and what your ideology is. Right. Having said that, uh, you know, from a conceptual point of view, um, I think uh, it is clearly in India's interest um, to um, um, to resolve its differences with Pakistan, to make this peace with Pakistan, to resolve the Kashmir Kashmir conflict, as it were, as India tried to do and Pakistan tried to do from 2004 to 2008. They had an excellent conversation in the back channel on uh, Kashmir, and they almost came to signing a deal in um, mid-2007. Right. Uh, it couldn't take place simply because Mr. Musharraf, General Musharraf, the then president of Pakistan, was losing his um, 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 support base in Pakistan because right. of lawyer, lawyer's agitation, etc., etc. Um, so there was, it is not impossible to um, revive that. It is not impossible to resolve the Kashmir conflict and to make peace with Pakistan. Why do I say that? I think, you know, in, in my own, um, um, you know, geopolitical worldview, Pakistan is really a, a minor threat or a challenge for India. It is not really a strategic threat. Right. Uh, Pakistan is a country who, uh, that um, India should make peace with for India's own rights as a, as a, as a great power. If India wants to... The, you know, one of the, one of the problems um, um, with, 
with India is that it has not managed to pacify its own immediate neighborhood. Right. Uh, it has not managed to pacify its um, um, region. So for any great power to sort of um, rise, um, it has to be able to either pacify the region or dictate terms to the region. So India is neither able, uh, neither able to dictate terms to the region nor able to pacify the region. So it is, it is so not being able to pacify the region, which includes primarily China, Pakistan, uh, India is hampering its own growth as a great power, point number one. Point number right. two, um, uh, today you have a situation where um, um, China is actively um, um, engaging the South Asian region or Southern Asian region, um, you know, from, from um, um, uh, the Indian the Ocean region to um, Afghanistan, Iran, all of this, all of these countries in China is actively engaging them. Now, this is happening at a time when the Americans are withdrawing from the region, um, and, and India is getting, India is perhaps, uh, closest to the United States than at any point of time in their history. Um, so at, at, at a point of time like that, um, India has done what it has done vis-a-vis Kashmir in 2019, not only has it done that, it also said, and, and the Home Minister of India said on the part, on the floor of the Indian Parliament that uh, Aksai Chin, which is currently controlled by uh, the Chinese state, also belongs to India because it's part of the princely state of Jammu and Kashmir. Uh, that clearly uh, hurt the Chinese, and you had the Chinese, you heard the Chinese statements coming from right. uh, Beijing after uh, August last year that they are, they are they don't accept it, they are deeply unhappy about it. And I am of the belief, and I have I have uh, enough, uh, if not primary, secondary evidence to show um, that uh, uh, the Chinese action along the LAC um, was partly, if not entirely, explained by. Uh, one, their unhappiness about the Indian statements about exciting, um, um, and two, um, the um, Indian um, uh, defense construction along the LSE towards uh, Leh, um, um, you know, because beyond that you have the Karakoram Highway, which uh, on which um, um, China has uh, in which China has invested a lot because of its CPEC to Pakistan, right. um, all of that. So. Uh, while that is the second part is unavoidable because India has every right to build infrastructure in its own territory, but um, India should have been more careful talking about Aksai Chin. And thirdly, um, um, you know there is there is a strategic uh, partnership between Pakistan and uh, China that has been happening for a very long time. And ever since uh, the relations became worse, uh, Pakistan has been approaching China to help uh, China, Pakistan in the region with China, and that's precisely what China is doing uh, today. So. Um, if you look at the history of China's approach to Kashmir for a very, very long time, China was either neutral on the Kashmir question right. or was completely disinterested on, on, as far as the Kashmir question was concerned. Now, suddenly China is an interested party. So from um, being a neutral slash disinterested party, um, uh, we have unwittingly made China an interested party in Kashmir, a third right. party. As far as the affairs of the erstwhile princely state of Jammu and Kashmir is concerned, which I think is completely against India's national interest. Um, now, this is happening at a time, remember, when China-Pakistan relations are at a high, India-Pakistan mm-hmm. India, India, uh, relations are at a low, mm-hmm. India-US relations are at a high, uh, India-China relations are really um, um, taking a hit, and India's neighborhood policy uh, is in doldrums. So, India, so if you look at 
India from outside. Let's let's sort of uh, for, uh, hypothetically for a minute relocate ourselves to a different part of the world and look at what's happening in South Asia and look at uh, look at India from from above. Right. What you will see basically is that here is a country, it's a big country with a lot of potential, with a lot of uh, talent, with a lot of promise, a lot of history is being encircled by countries that are not positively disposed towards it. Um, is finding it is finding itself alone, lonely, and uh, is in a fix in many ways. Uh, and that, as an Indian analyst, makes me uh, unhappy and sad. So, with all this, I want to go back to two things. One was a hope that you expressed in your essay for us in 2019, and also more recently in an essay published in the USIP uh, just a few days ago, right. where you right. said that India and Pakistan could resume their dialogue or would have to resume the dialogue at some point in time, and they could go back to the Musharraf formula that you, uh, that right. you just alluded to. What gives you right. this optimism that or hope that... Uh, India and Pakistan will get back to the drawing board despite everything that you said right now. And uh, is it likely to be in the near future or will we have to wait for a different domestic or international uh, scenario for this to happen? Okay. Let, let, me, let me put it this way. Uh, and there are, there are several aspects to um, um, my answer to that question. Um, first of all, I think... Uh, um, you know, I, I, if you look at the Indian strategies vis-a-vis -vis Kashmir since August last year and the Pakistani strategies vis-a-vis -vis Kashmir since August, uh, August last year, and that's, that's precisely what I am e exploring in my paper for the U.S. Institute of Peace, which came out a few days ago, uh, in which I'm, I'm looking at the um, sort of um, um, uh, policies that the two sides have adopted uh, towards each other vis-a-vis um, -vis, vis -vis Kashmir, and there is no meeting point. Uh, there is no scope for any um, conciliation or um, outreach towards each other. This is a zero-sum policy, as it were. Pakistan is um, um, in increasing its uh, uh, proxy activities in Kashmir, uh, promoting um, terrorism and insurgency. Uh, India is uh, locking down Kashmir, not allowing any political activism there, um, um, having, uh, including, um, uh, you know, keeping political um, uh, activists uh, in, in detention, etc., etc. There seems to be no roadmap with Ali Kashmir. Right. Uh, now, my point simply is that this is an unsustainable position as far as uh, uh, Pakistan, as far as Pakistan is concerned. How long will Pakistan be able to continue with its with its proxy act activities? Um, in Kashmir. Uh, it's going to be costly. There will be uh, skirmishes. India may carry out more surgical strikes or Balakot-like attacks. Uh, right. it, the sustainability of that kind of a strategy is not, um, uh, not, not easy. It, right. It's tough. Um, look at the Indian side. Uh, how long will the Indi New Delhi will be able to keep up with its uh, policies and popular policies in Kashmir? How long will it keep the politicians under detention? How long will it not hold the elections? How long, how long will it uh, contain the anger of the Kashmiri youth, as it were? It's an unsustainable proposition, as it were. So my point simply is that when two, because the two sides are adopting unsustainable positions, um, mm -hmm. and they would at some point of time realize that they are actually um, um, stuck between a um, um, a rock and a hard place. When both sides realize that, uh, there will be some desire to go back to the negotiating table, uh, starting perhaps with uh, secret back-channel talks as it has happened in the past. Now, 
The question that uh, normally um, um, or, or someone would ask me is that, uh, wait a minute, what makes you say that uh, given um, um, the fact that the two sides are um, really going at each other? Uh, at this point of time, they would go back to the negotiating table. I would say history is the evidence, right? I mean, go back to uh, 2000, um, uh, from, from 1999 up until 2003, November. Uh, mm -hmm. In 1999, you have the Kargil War, in, um, um, and, 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 and in 2001, December, you have the Parliament attack. Right. Um, you have a nine-month um, standoff on the line of uh, control and the international border um, um, of uh, almost a million troops, uh, eyeball to eyeball, um, um, on the line of control. That's right. um, you have several terrorist attacks taking place in Jammu and Kashmir, um, and senior commanders of the Indian Army get killed. And yet, and 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 yet, in in 2003, uh, mid 2003, the ISI and the RNW uh, chiefs engage in a conversation. Uh, in a secret conversation, which led to the uh, unilateral ceasefire offered by Pakistan um, in, um, in, in, in November 2003. And from November 2003 to May 2004, um, Mohan Singh, uh, sorry, uh, uh, Prime Minister Wajpai and uh, President uh, Musharraf begin a conversation on a variety of issues, including Kashmir, a conversation that was uh, continued by Manmohan Singh and Musharraf till 2007-8 or so, right. um, uh, which means they bounced back from a uh, from a particularly bad period in their relationship uh, to a very very in fact the best period in India-Pakistan relations from 2004-2007. So history uh, is witness to the fact that between India India-Pakistan in, between India and Pakistan surprises uh, can take place. Who would imagine? Uh, who would have imagined Mr. Modi would uh, make a stop in uh, Lahore on his way back from Kabul in December 2015? Nobody would have imagined. Um, who would have imagined that uh, uh, Pakistan Army or uh, the Pakistan Army chief and the then president of Pakistan, Musharraf, uh, would have negotiated a status quo plus deal on Kashmir, whereas the entire argument that a lot of people was were making was that uh, the Pakistan army has a deep interest uh, in continuing the conflict over Kashmir in order to justify its own, um, um, you know, standing in the Pakistani state of affairs. That, the, that there was a Kashmir bogey, there was, a, there was an India bogey that the Pakistan army had used. But, right. And yet, it was the Pakistan army and its chief that negotiated a deal with the Indian side. So I think, I think I don't rule out anything. The only question is when, not whether. I am certain. Um, uh, on whether or not India and Pakistan will go to the negotiating table, I am quite certain that they will. When? I do not know. Uh, when depends, I think, a lot on India's domestic political calculations. On that note of cautious optimism, we should end this dialogue and hope that the time comes far quicker than not, I suppose. Thank you very much, Dr. Happy Mohan Jacob, for this conversation. It's been very insightful and I'm sure will be very useful to our readers and our listeners. Thank you very much. Not all. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. Thank you.